grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So glad that you're here uh, this morning. It's a big deal for you to come to church this morning to connect to God, to connect to each other in worship week in and week out. And uh, we all have habits in our lives. And I'm going to tell you that coming to worship every week, that's a good habit, right? We all have all sorts of different habits in lives. Some people call them traits. Some people call them demeanors. Some people call them rituals. Some people call them just things that you do. And sometimes they're on a schedule like weekly worship. Sometimes they're daily. Sometimes they're uh, multiple times a day. And in fact, as I was thinking about it, actually most of us have daily habits. We have things that we do every day, daily rituals to sort of get us into this life, to help us function and to live. And in fact, this past week I was reading some articles on this about our daily habits. And that one article was talking about, uh, it was a suggestion, it was giving 203 daily habits that you can do to improve your life. Now, I don't know if I could do all 203, but another article was talking about 283 bad habits in your life. Another article was saying, uh, this guy was talking about how you can discern a good habit from a bad habit. Another gal wrote an article about the 10 daily habits of the most productive leaders, and if you adopt those habits, your life will be better. I got to admit, as I was reading these articles uh, about habits, they were actually quite insightful. In fact, the one that had the 203 different daily habits, it wasn't saying you got to adopt all of those different habits. It was categorizing them into different areas of life. It was saying if you wanted to be happier, you could do these 10 things a day. If you wanted to manage stress or you wanted to be more confident, you wanted to be more spiritual, more mindful, you want to make a new friend, you want to find a spouse, you want to be healthy or sleep better, all these different categories, they gave you kind of like 10 different daily habits that if you did them every day, that over the long haul, they would make a huge, significant difference in your life. We all have daily habits. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are just kind of in between, I have the daily habit, every morning I get up, I have a cup of coffee. Anybody else out there do that? Yeah, amen. I think that's a good daily habit, all right? Maybe it's in the middle, who knows? Sometimes some of us have uh, fitness daily habits, like we get up every morning, we run 17 miles. Anybody do that? All right, no. I have a friend who does that, like seven miles every morning. It's crazy. Some of our goals or some of our habits, they're relational. We're in families, right? And sometimes in families, you get up every morning and say, I love you to your spouse. You give them a kiss. You do that to your kids every morning. Or when you get home from work, you have these daily rituals, daily habits in your families to communicate love. Some of our daily habits are hygienic, right? Okay, so like take a shower every day, right? Or at least once a week, okay, people? Amen. Brushing your teeth, right? Usually you do that, hopefully at least once a day. I looked this up on Google the other night. What happens if you don't brush your teeth every day? They had pictures. I didn't show them because there are just some things you cannot unsee in life, all right? <laughs> Over the long haul, if you brush your teeth every day, it's going to be good for you. Trust me on this. That's some pastoral advice, all right? But we have daily habits. And if we don't do certain daily habits, they actually affect us, right? We, we don't demonstrate love relationally to uh, those that are in our families daily. If we don't get into the habit of doing that, strain and stress will come into the marriage. Strain and stress will come into the family. Over the long haul, daily habits can make a huge difference in our lives. Actually define who we are. Actually make a huge impact on the quality of our life. And make a huge impact on the quality of the life of the people around us. 
And what got me thinking about this this past week was kind of our sermon from, from last week, talking about Jesus, the bread of life. And also talking about well, what does it mean to get that bread of life into our lives. And it, it got me thinking because we had our all-staff uh, meeting this past a week here at St. John's. So everyone on staff at St. John's, we gathered together for the day. Uh, Jim Burns was brought in, Dr. Jim Burns. He's a well-known youth, family, and uh, marriage ministry leader, and he spoke to us. He had so many good things to say. A lot of them had to do about habits. But one thing that stood out to me was this quote by a very well-known leader in the Christian community here in Southern California. And it had to do with one of the most painful things that we can endure in life. Not yet. (laughs) Almost there. One of the most painful things that we can endure. I hope you didn't see it, right? Did you see who it was? Okay. All right, good. One of the most painful things we endure in life is, uh, is the death of a loved one, right? And especially when that is unexpected. And especially if they're young. And especially if that's your child. And especially if it's suicide. Many of you know Pastor Rick Warren down here at that little church in Saddleback down the road. You know him and his wife, Kay Warren, and you may have heard that they lost their son, Matthew, back in 2013. Uh, He lost a battle with mental illness, and he took his life. And I personally have walked with parents who have endured that. I have friends who have died that way. I've extended family who have suffered through similar situations, and it is nothing but terrible. It's brutal. It's hard. It's raw. It's nothing that anyone would ever wish upon another human being. And Jim Burns, this past week, he showed us this quote from Kay Warren, Rick Warren's wife. It's taken just from her Twitter account from in June. And she said, someone recently asked, how I survived my son's suicide. I told him I've sent my spiritual roots deep into the character of God for more than 50 years. Circumstances try to brutally rip out the tree of my faith, but the roots held. That quote's just been going through my mind since I've heard it. What I love about it, she talks honestly. She talks honestly about the brutality and the pains of life that we all go through at some point in our lives or or, or other. And then she says, and she talks honestly about this 50-year journey that she has been on. A 50-year journey of establishing her roots deep into God himself. It's a metaphor taken from Colossians chapter 2 from St. Paul. Jim Burns, this last week, he connected that to the metaphor that Jesus gave of building our house on the rock. We could connect it to the metaphor that we've been looking at in John chapter 6, where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Because you see, Kay Warren, she's talking about 50 years of sending her roots deep into God. 50 years of building her house upon the rock, Jesus Christ. 50 years of eating the bread of of life. Part of what she's talking about there is good habits. She's talking about good rituals. She's talking about good practices that are done on monthly, weekly, daily, maybe even multiple times a day. Good habits. And so I kind of want to think about that 
concept as we continue on in John chapter 6 and see where the rest of the text. We left off last week in John chapter 6, verse 35. If you have your Bibles, if I want to bring them out, it should also be in the handout and on the screen. But John chapter 6, verse 35 says this. We ended with it last week. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Right? We talked about last week how so many times in lives that we have a deep hunger, we have a deep thirst within us, and we go and eat all these different things. We drink all these different things, expecting them to really deeply fill us, but they never do. They always leave us wanting for more. They always leave us hungry again. They always leave us thirsty again. But Jesus says, I am the bread of life. You will never hunger. You will never thirst deep down inside if you come to me. He continues in verse 40 and says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. At this, the Jews there, they began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said to each other, they said, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? And Jesus replies, Stop grumbling among yourselves. He continues on in verse 47 and says, Truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors, the Israelites, ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Jesus is going back. He's connecting them uh, back to the Israelites like they were talking about last week because they're trying to understand what's going on with Jesus in the context of their religious background, in the context of what they hear in the story. They have their minds only on the Israelites, only on their frame of reference, only on feeding their stomachs. But he actually goes back to Deuteronomy. If you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, Moses is saying to him, he's, remember how the Lord your God, the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness for 40 years. And then in verse, chapter 8, verse 3, he says this. He says, He, God, humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. That's the little bread that was on the ground every morning, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. He did this to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus is teaching them that the manna that comes from God, the bread of life that he is, that he is in his person, is delivered to them through God's words. All throughout the Old Testament, the bread is associated with the word and the wisdom and the law of God. Every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. We're going to see that in a second, but Jesus continues in verse 51 of John, chapter 6. He says these words. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Not the Israelites, not the Lutherans, the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves and said, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They're thinking like cannibalism here, but Jesus is not talking about that. He's talking about faith. He's talking about trust. He's talking about a relationship of dependence upon him. 
It continues on in verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples, they said, yeah, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? They're not wrapping their mind around what he's saying. Verse 66 continues. From this time, many of his disciples turned back, and they no longer followed him. Jesus says to the 12, you don't want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus is the manna from heaven. His words, the words from him and the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, are the bread that feeds us. And it reminded me as I was thinking about this this past week at our all-staff retreat this past week, uh, we had one less staff member uh, from last year. And as I looked around the room, I was, I was filled with a little sadness, a little grief. Uh, not just a fellow staff member, not just a fellow ministry partner, but a friend of mine uh, and a friend of many of you out there, Linda Warnicke. Uh, she lost a, a battle with cancer this past year, but she won the victory of eternal life in Jesus Christ. But Linda Warnicke spoke many gracious words into many of our lives, and when I was going through a tough time in my life, she sent me an email. And it just so reminded me of this text today about the manna and the bread of life. And it reminded me a lot about what are the daily habits that we have as God's people. And so she was talking about her first battle of cancer 25 years ago when she got through it. She said this. She said, don't go galloping off into the future. There's plenty of scripture that tells us to stay in the present. Stay right here and don't rob yourself of the blessings of today. And she said, so I got up each day. That's a daily habit. She got up each day and said, today I am fine. And she writes, along with that, I woke up every morning. That's a daily habit. And I would batten down the hatches with prayer and music and Bible study. The word of God. She wrote, I loved reading the Psalms because my illness, my fears, my anxiety, my worries, they became the enemies David sought help to fight. And now I was asking God to fight them for me. She writes, eventually the, that peace that passes understanding, it would embrace me. And then I would head into the day. But she writes, each morning, it's a daily habit. I had to start it again each morning, and I came to realize that it was like the manna God provided. Not a once and for all, but the constant blessing of keeping myself close to him and staying in the present. I love those words of Linda Warnicke, a saint, in my opinion, talking about not just the concept of Jesus being the bread of life, but how do we eat and consume and take that bread into our lives? We eat it every day. Now, that doesn't have to be a law thing. I'm not up here saying you've got to do this every day. I'm up here saying you get to do this every day. Good habits, they nourish us for our lives here and now and for eternity. Those good habits helped Kay Warren endure her son's suicide. Those good habits helped Linda Warnicke endure her first battle with cancer and endure death. And now she is with the bread of life for eternity. 
I've been reading through the Bible this past year, the chronological Bible, and I saw an example of, of what it looks like to have bad habits for a long time. I've been reading through the Kings, and I came to Josiah, King Josiah. And if you read King Josiah's story in the Old Testament, you see that he became king when he was eight years old. But his dad, Manasseh, had ruled for 55 years in Judah. He was a terrible, awful, horrible king. He did so many awful, terrible things. They basically lost God's word. They didn't even read it. They didn't even know it. And they started going after other gods. It went so bad that they started worshiping a god called Moloch. And that god Moloch, according to their religion, told them to sacrifice their own children. I mean, talk about child abuse. It had got so terrible. Manasseh died. Josiah becomes king when he's eight years old. A few years later, the priest is digging around basically in the temple in the back closet, and he finds the book of the law. He finds the word of, the God, word of God. He opens it, and he reads it. King Josiah reads the word, and he's cut to the heart. The whole entire nation of Judah had been starving themselves for 55 years, and it manifested in chaos. And so he gets up, he reads the word of God to the whole entire nation, the whole entire people. They started reading the word daily. It became part of their daily life, and it transformed their community and the life of King Josiah while that word was in their lives. We all have daily habits. We all, everyone, is anyone here in the habit of eating every day? Most of us are, yeah. No one would ever think of not eating every day, right? We eat every day to stay alive. It's not a law thing. It's not a, a commandment. It's not like, you're telling me what to do. Don't tell me what to do, pastor. I'm not going to eat anymore because you told me you got, I got to eat every day, right? We have a gift. We get to eat and consume the words of God, the words of life every day. I want to invite you into a journey like that to think about what it means to consume this bread of life every day. If you don't have a Bible, I want to get you a Bible. You go out to the welcome table, we will give you a Bible. If you have any sort of smart device, you can download it on your phone. There's the Version app. There's the Daily Audio Bible. I'm doing that right now. There's Go Tandem. There's Portals of Prayer if you want something printed in the back. There are so many ways to engage the Bible. And it's not just for us big kids. It's for the little kids. My little buddy Sean up here, he reads the Bible every day with that little, little Bible he's got. There's all sorts of Bible. There it is. There's Sean. He's got the Bible with him today. All right? There's the Bible app for kids on your phone. There's all sorts of ways to engage that word, to feast upon good words for you. And I'm telling you, that changed the entire trajectory of my life. When I started reading God's word daily with God's people, because I was feasting upon all the good stuff. It was a good diet. These words have life, they are love, and day after day, they will strengthen you like no other diet. God's word is the manna from heaven. And I'm telling you, you can load up on those carbs as much as you want, and they will help you endure every famine. You will never go hungry. The storms of life will try to knock you down, but they will not. Circumstances will, no matter how brutal, will try to uproot you, but they cannot. It worked for King Josiah 2,500 years ago. It works for Kay Warren just down the street. It worked for Linda Warnicky. 
And it works for you and for me. So, hear the words of Jesus again. Digest them. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus declares to you, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty.